This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Talking Halos. This is Jared Timms alongside Brock Davis today. Brock, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, eh, I usually say that, but uh, I'm kind of kind of heated, to be honest. All right, well, we'll get into that for a second, but for now, be excited because baseball's back. Pitchers and catchers that reported today, true. right? Pitchers and catchers reported today. It's it's great to have actual baseball news. You know, what I mean, like trades and free agency is cool and everything. We had that today as well. You know. Uh, I think Kevin Plar signed, and there were some, you know, minor transactions that happened. But baseball, you know, the pitchers and catchers are here. It's great seeing, you know, videos and video and uh, pictures, and every all the reporters are there now, and everything's getting going. And they've been talking to the players for the first time, and you know, it's it's kind of nice to kind of nice to see it. You know, it's kind of nice mm-hmm. to see it. I'm excited about that. But you know, guys, first before we get into anything, anything at all. We are still, you know, a pretty new podcast here, and we would love a five-star review if we've earned it, only if we've earned it, like Derek says. Um, if we've earned it, leave us a five-star review. If you leave us a five-star review and you email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com and you, you know, show proof that you did, you're entered to win home opener tickets against the Houston Astros. I know we've talked about this before, but you can go boo the Houston Astros all you want. And if you're still upset with Artie Moreno, you can boo Artie Moreno if you'd like. Not saying that you have to. Brock, I think if you went, you may boo Artie Moreno. I have a weird weird feeling with the way that you were talking to me before that you may boo Artie Moreno. But if you want to be entered in that, go leave a five-star review for us. I Honestly, I have no idea how many people have entered. I'm hoping 100. I'm hoping 1,000. I'm hoping, you know, maybe not. I don't know. So go do that for us. Um, If you have any questions for us, any complaints, comments, you don't feel free to email us at talkinghalos at gmail.com again. Um, and also guys, since we're here again, we're also looking for sponsors, you know, keep the lights on like, um, Derek always likes to say, uh, for us here at, you know, talking halos, we love what we do, but, um, if you're looking to be a sponsor, you can also email us again at talkinghalos.com. 
Um, and also, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can give us a call, leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5433. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, I know Brock wants to give his two cents, his opinion on the whole trade fiasco that happened. If you're listening to this, I believe another podcast may have already come out where um, myself and Brent McGuire talk about this whole situation that happened. Uh, let's just recap it real quick again. The Red Sox, the Twins, and the Dodgers had a trade in place that would send Mookie Betts, David Price to the Dodgers. It would send Kenta Maeda to the Twins. And it would send um, Alex Verdugo and I forgot who else over to the Red Sox. And it would send, I forgot, I think actually Gratterall. Um, goes to the Red Sox in that deal. That got scrapped um, because of some medicals that happened that I think either the Dodgers or the Red Sox didn't like with Gratterall, unfortunately. And, you know, we were left kind of in the open for a couple of days. We had no idea what was going on. And then a couple days later, the trade gets picked back up again. It actually is not a three-player trade or three-team trade. It's a two-team trade that would send Mookie Betts and... Um, David Price to the Dodgers from the Red Sox. The Dodgers sent over um, Connor Wong, Jeter Downs, and Alex Verdugo to the Red Sox. And in a separate trade, um, Gratterall got sent from the Twins with a Comp B pick from the Twins to the Dodgers in exchange for Kenta Maeda, $10 million, and what else was it? It was something else. I... Oh, and um, one other uh, one other prospect in that. I forgot his name. I apologize. And so this is where this whole thing comes up. Because originally, the Angels and Dodgers had a trade that would send Jock Peterson, Ross Stripling, and I don't know who else was. Oh, uh, Andy Paez to the Angels in exchange for... Uh, Luis Renifo, we never really heard any other prospects after that. We heard some uh, murmurs, some rumors of could have been possibly Taylor Ward, could have been, you know, a lower level prospect, not in the top five or so like that. Maybe like a Jemai Jones or a Gareth Morgan, who was also a name that I know was thrown around a little bit. We don't know who the other prospects were. And that was scrapped. And there were some reports that came out saying that Artie Moreno got impatient and completely scrapped this whole thing, you know, because I don't know why we, we don't know. And I said it before and I'll say it again. We just don't know what happened. So let's just turn this over to Brock. Brock, how do you feel about this? I know I, I can already, I heard it in your voice. You feel strong about this. Let me give, give us your two cents on this. So guys, I've been on this show for Jared, I don't even know how, how many episodes has it been. Maybe like 10 to 12 or so. Yeah. It hasn't been very long, right? Yeah, not, not too long, not too long. You're, you're still the rookie in, in here, I guess. So, I mean, me and you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still the rookie, but I feel like I've been here long enough for the for the listeners to kind of get a sense that I've been more on the optimistic, patient side of of the Angels. I'm, I'm never really negative. I've been, I've been following the Angels since I was a kid, and, and I've always been the – it is what it is. I have trust. I have faith. I have this. I always look at the brighter side. But this is the deal. This this makes me this makes me mad. And as Jared said, we don't know everything, which is why I'm trying my hardest. And I tweeted it out yesterday. I said I'm trying my hardest to not get pissed at Artie Marino yet. 
until I know everything. And the only reason I say that is because there's still time for something to happen, maybe. And there's still time for other reports to come out and other things to come out to surface of the true reason why this happened. But I will tell you that with the initial reports, if they are true and it's purely just off of him becoming impatient, I'm not okay with that at all. And it makes me really mad if that is the case because he literally took four wins, four potential projected wins, crumpled them up in a little piece of paper and threw them in the garbage, if that's the truth. And when we're on the brink of a playoff team, we have we have the best team in the last three years. You know, we'll see what happens without them cheating. But let's just base on what their records were. One of the best teams in baseball for the last three years. When we've had that in our division, and we have a very competitive division with the A's and them, and maybe even the Rangers this year, we can't make stupid moves like this when we're right there. We're right there. We have a top five offense, and we've had garbage pitching for a while. And I know Ross Stripling wasn't the, the end-all, be-all was going to make the huge difference to our team to make us a World Series team. I know that. I'm not, I'm not dumb enough to think that. But when you have a pitcher that has that potential, I'm seeing all these stats about all the in-depth stats that he has, that if he can stay healthy, he's going to be you know, legit, and we're going to have him for three years of control. And we get a, you know, Peterson was a rental. I get that it was one year, big deal. But he was a he was a potential three win player. They had him projected at two point seven, I believe it was, an additional potential thirty bombs, and and he would he would have been like a six hitter in our lineup unless they put him at leadoff. But he would have been like a complement to our lineup, which he was with the Dodgers. But that's the point I'm trying to make is that if we have a guy that's a thirty homer player and he isn't even in the middle of our lineup. That just shows how in-depth our lineup is and how much he would have added to us. He could have helped us so much without, with the depth of our one through nine. And Stripling could have helped so much bouncing from either the bullpen or the rotation, more, more than likely the rotation. And it really irks me that this could have been thrown away literally because of a potential egotistical owner. And that... If that, like I said, once again, if, if the, if that's true, if it is purely because of his impatience and his ego that he didn't want to, you know, um, be, have his hand forced or anything by the Dodgers. And that's why he made this move. Then that's a hundred percent irresponsible. And I'm not okay with that. And that, that, that really bugs me when we go from having them on our roster on baseball reference, everybody getting excited, everybody getting hyped, all, all the media's hyping it up saying oh the angels are now you know favorites to go to playoffs and they're going to actually compete against the astros they're projected for 94 wins if everything goes right and then all of a sudden a week later we're projected at 87 wins again because we lost two guys that would have added potentially four wins to us so that's all fun and dandy if 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 it's a natural thing and it's you know if it was the dodgers saying hey you know what things have changed it is what it is and then we're like okay we get it that's different that's just the way it is. That's just the way baseball goes. But once again, if it's the truth that Artie Marino literally, the only reason this deal did not happen is because he got irritated for waiting, that's trash. And that's this is probably one of the first times in a long time that I've been upset with Angels management. I've been okay with Pujols. I didn't give a lot of crap about Hamilton. I haven't given a lot of crap about anything. But I'll tell you right now that if this is true, this is going to bother me. 100% this is going to bother me. 
So I don't want to rant on all night, but I feel like the listeners deserved a little bit of a rant from from one of us on this uh, on this podcast because I'm I'm siding with the with the public for now. For now, I'm siding with them just because all I know is is what everybody's been saying on on online. So that's it for me. No, I love the rant. It's it's great. That's 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 what this needs. You know, this needs something like that. You know, it needs. I I mean. Who are who are we really to say you know anything like this and like like you said you know we don't know everything about this and I said it before we don't know everything about this and we probably will never know anything about this unfortunately it's an unfortunate <laughs> it's an unfortunate situation that we're not going to know anything I, I think that the public deserves to know what happened here you know uh, just a couple things I want to say we say we say bad pitching stupidly bad pitching can we say unlucky pitching in a sense you know. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, let's call it unlucky pitching that the Angels have had in the past. You know, I mean, just we want to throw it out there. Garrett Richards got hurt twice in a three-year span, which were fluke injuries that should never have happened. You know, he destroyed his knee, and that probably hurts any playoff opportunities or playoff implications that the Angels had there um, and all that stuff. So, yeah, in, in a sense, it wasn't lucky. But one thing I do want to point out here, and... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you think this trade was too good to be true? Like, or, or do you, you know, I mean, like, I think the Dodgers had to have been like, you know, hey, this trade's too good to be true. We need to reconfigure it a little bit, you know, and that's when Artie came in and was like, oh, no, that's not going to happen. Because I think it was, I think it was a little bit too good to be true. You know, you don't just give up Luis Renifo, who's, could be a really, who, who could be a starter at the major league level, 100%, 100%. And, you know, it, it could totally be 100% true that Artie nixed this whole thing. But I think that the Dodgers came back and were like, you know, this trade's a little too one-sided here. Because you don't just give up, like I said, Luis Renifo um, and one to two not even in your top ten prospects type of guys. Like like maybe potential guys. Like you don't just give those guys up, unfortunately. I, I just don't see it. And you don't get two major leaguers out of it. Jock Peterson, granted, on a one-year deal, um, who, you said it perfectly, possibly a three-win player. And Ross Stripling, who could possibly be in the starting rotation, could be a bullpen piece. We don't know what how he could get used next year. Um, and then you get Andy Pajes, who, you know, is, again, uh, possibly drops right into your top five prospects list. I just, I think it was a little too good to be true. I don't think it was fully arty. Like some people are saying, I don't think it was fully arty. Unfortunately, I I think it was a little bit of arty. I do think I I can say that I think it was a little arty. I do. I think he was upset and like everybody was. You know, we were everybody was waiting. Everybody was waiting around for what three, four, five days for this trade to actually happen, and then it just doesn't happen. I I would be upset too, and I, I am upset about it. You know, I am very upset about that. But I don't think it was just Artie. I don't think it's fair for everybody to say, man, this was just Artie that was doing this. And until we know elsewise, I don't think it was just Artie. I think it was the Dodgers. Oh, real real I think- quick, some people have said that, oh, well, maybe the Dodgers asked for something else because things changed and Artie was like, no, that's too much for me. I don't, I don't, I'm not believing that, especially because the roster configuration over in LA right now, they're already kind of, they're overstacked right now. They have a, they have a very good problem. The problem that we, don't have they have so much depth that they don't know what to do with people so they're gonna throw Peter like they're literally taking peterson they're like ah just go to left dude we don't really have a spot for you just go to left we know you don't really play left but just go over there because we have mookie and and bellinger over here in center and right so 
the way their their, their roster is configured, I, I really don't think. Like, why would why would the Dodgers ask for so much more from us than what we were already offering? They might have asked for another another prospect, but would have been like lower end. And even if I guess we never heard what the other prospect was other than Renjifo that they were asking for, but the way that I would have interpreted that they were trying to um, offload Peterson and Stripling was purely just for, um, you know, like luxury tax consolidation kind of thing where it was like, yeah, you know, they're good, but they're not like our top end guys. And it's going to clear up how much do you, do you remember how much Stripling was making this year? I think he's making maybe 5 million. I don't think he's making very much. It might've been okay. less than that. It could have been like two to 3 million. It, it wasn't all so that we're much. talking, we're talking like 10 to 12 million ballpark for the two of them combined. So for the Dodgers, when you're looking at, at at Stripling and Peterson, when they're not really necessary pieces for them because of the amount of depth that they have in their lineup and their rotation, $12 million off the books would have helped them a lot, um, especially taking on half of Price's contract, all of Mookie's contract for this year. So for them, it was just like a luxury tax consolidation. I want to see them really asking much more, if anything, from us. And that's why I, I, don't, I don't believe the statement of, oh, maybe they asked for for too much and then already pulled out i don't think that's the case i really don't and if they did ask for anybody else say they added they wanted to add one more guy it wouldn't have been anybody that we would have not been wanting to still be willing to give for potentially four more wins for our team and and i'll tell you what if at the end of this season say for example you know the the, the pakota projections say whatever they say but i i think the angels are going to win 90 games I think they're going to win exactly 90 games. So say we win 90 games this year and we get lucky and people stay healthy, we win 90 games. Say the Astros, without cheating, they take a little bit of a drop with the with the bad media and bad PR they got going on. They have kind of a rough season. They win 94, right? What's going to happen when we're four games back from the Astros and we, win, we get second place and say somehow, some way um, – we don't get a wild card spot or even if we do get a wild card spot, but we get kicked out first round. How bad is that going to look on Artie Marino at the end of the season? If it is true that he pulled out of this because of his ego and we were four games out or even three games out and Peterson and Stripling could have, could have bridged that gap. How bad, how much worse is it going to look then than it already does now? It's going to look bad. And I really hope that's not the case, but with with the way the projections are sitting, like it's going to be tight. We might be within one or two games of a wild card spot, give or take. And so when you take those three or four wins and literally, like I said, throw them in the trash, that's a big deal because that could literally be the difference in, in say, a division spot, a wild card spot, or no spot at all. So you can't one win. You can't, you can't throw away one win at all. You can't throw away any. So that's why this irks me so much is because we've been patient and patient. Well, some of us, some of us have been patient, 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 patient. And we finally get this lineup that, that we're like, dude, we're like right there. In the next couple of years, we're going to be right there. We got this future with Adele and Marsh and everybody else. And then we get this, you know, this deal that was very clearly lopsided in our favor. And then it just dissipates. And we're not left with really any legit explanation other than, Oh, our owner just got irritated because he, he was waiting a week. It's like, really? He couldn't wait a week, and now that might be the difference between a playoff spot or not? So, anyways, I went on another rant. I'm sorry. But the, I feel like the listeners need need some some affirmation on, on their frustrations because 
I felt kind of crazy at first when I was upset about this. And then I started looking at social media and realized that I wasn't the only one. And yeah. So anyways, sorry, move on. No, this is a fantastic time to plug you as well. Go follow Brock. Go follow Brock on Twitter. Go give him follows. You know, if you, if you like these rants, go give him a follow, you know, it's fan. <laughs> it's, it's great. I, I, Fans, fans need to act like this sometimes. You know, everybody needs to act like this sometimes. It's, and it's you know me, I haven't ranted about anything in oh. the whole podcast. I haven't ranted about anything. Mm-hmm. I've been so cool about everything. All the fans are pissed about something, and I'm like, hey, guys, it's fine. You know, look at this. Let's talk about this. But this time, I'm just I'm pissed off, man. I get it. I totally get it, you know? And it's going to hurt. It re- It's going to hurt any way you go. You know, just like, and I, I'm not, I don't want to compare it like this. I don't, I really don't. And I'm not going to, and I don't think I'm going to compare, but it's going to hurt just like Tyler Skaggs is going to hurt this year. It's going to hurt not having Tyler Skaggs there again. You know, it's, 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 and I'm going to kind of take a left turn here. It's going to hurt the whole season, you know, just ha- not having those players on the field for us. It, that's going to, it's going to hurt, you know, Skaggs brings a couple more wins. Uh, Jock Peterson brings a couple more wins. Um, you know, uh, Ross Stripling brings more wins. I mean, it's 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 going to hurt not having players like that, and it's 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 a completely it's unfortunate situation that's that's happening here. And you know, it, I think it's it's going to hurt throughout the year, no matter what. That this trade didn't happen, unfortunately, and I, I I wish it did. And I think that honestly, this is a good time to kind of seg move into our next segment, which are or which are the projections, because we already are kind of talking about them a little bit in a sense, and. I kind of I don't know if that that might have been a really bad transition there for us, but I think that this is kind of a good time to go into the projections, which are a lot of fun. I this is again I, I have so many times where this is like I say that this is my favorite time of the year, you know. But this is another one of those times where oh man, it's one of my favorite times of the year. And I'm just gonna go kind of division by division. I'll just give the division winners and I don't know maybe somebody that we're surprised by. So in the AL East. Um, Actually, let me backtrack a little bit because the Pakota standings come through Baseball Prospectus, which is a fantastic site. Um, everybody needs to go on there and check it out. It's it's great. They do a lot of great stuff. That's where I get a lot of catching stats from. Um, I think that they do a great job with the catching stats uh, and everything that has to do with that. So if you can, go on and check out Baseball Prospectus. Check out their um, Pakota um, projections. They do a great job with that. They simulate really well. They have great R&D guys. They, they do a great job there with, with all that stuff. So let's start with the AL East. Um, Pakota has the Yankees um, not surprisingly winning the AL East. I think I said that right. AL East. 99 and 63. Are we surprised by that at all? Are you asking me? Yeah. No. Not at <laughs> all. <laughs> I mean... No, 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 I'm not at all. all right. They're 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 studs, dude, for sure. Yankees are going to be good, you know. You go down and you know, second place, you got the Rays, who are going to be 87 and 75, which is important here that I mention them because you know that's a, that's the first wild card spot right there. So Yankees take the East, the Rays take uh, the first wild card spot. Move down to the AL Central, where the Minnesota Twins are 90. Three and eighty-nine or sixty-nine. Sorry, wow, I'm off. But ninety-three and sixty-nine, which makes a lot of sense. The Twins are a good team. I think that's a little bit high for my liking. You know, they've made a lot of improvements, but again, I wasn't high on them last year. I still wasn't high on what they've done this off-season. All that, you know, 
fantastic, they're great. The Twins are have done good. I still think they have a chance to, you know, they they have a chance to win the Central. I think they had a great year last year and everything, but I don't. I think it's a little high for my liking. Um, then we go to the AL West, which I know everybody wants to hear. Houston Astros, ninety-eight win team, ninety-eight and sixty-four, um, second place. Here we go, guys. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, um, at eighty-seven wins and seventy-five losses. That's about right where we have them, right, Brock? Yeah, I would say after this trade fallout and uh, give or take some some surpassed expectation expectations or not meeting them and, and injuries and stuff like that. I would say, I would say that's a pretty not ballsy projection. Like that's what was probably the most realistic projection that if I had a gun in my head, that's probably where I'd put him at. 80, 87 wins makes a lot of sense. They have a, uh, Picota has them at a 45.6% chance of making the playoffs at this current moment, which makes sense. You know, if it, if, Honestly, if it was it was a coin flip at this point for the Angels, you know, let's flip a coin. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? Heads they do, tails they don't. I mean, that's that's kind of how it feels like at this point. They they could, you know, and again they could go and win ninety four games, or again they could lose. They could go and win only eighty two games. They could be a five hundred team. So I think that this team could go a, a lot of a lot of different directions. And again, with eighty seven wins, that's the second wild card spot, or even the first, because I think that the Rays had that as well seven three yeah yeah um yeah so basically right now they have they have the rays at one us at two and then the indians shortly behind us at one last at 86 and then the a's at 84 so basically they're putting it at like a four team race between uh ray or yeah rays indians us and the a's right now all within three wins of each other for that second wild card, or first and second wild card spot yeah and don't discount the red Sox or the white Sox or you know, even I know the Rangers aren't in this, but the Rangers have a really good pitching staff. And, you know, if they hit a little bit, they could be in this mix, too. So, I I mean, we're in for another fun baseball season. I'm, I'm excited for that. God, like, we're getting excited. Spring training games haven't even started, and I'm already excited for this uh, th- this stuff that's going on. That's I mean, I, I love the projections. It's like video games, you know. Anything could happen, which is a fantastic thing. Um, are you surprised by anybody in the AL? Are you looking at them right now, by chance? Yeah, I am. Are you surprised by anybody? I do agree. I think the Rangers are going to get more than 73. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to be in the wild card mix, but I think I'd probably put them more around like 78. I think the White Sox, the White Sox is pretty accurate. I I don't think they're going to give a real run for our money for the wild card spots. I think they'll probably be around 82, 84-ish. Much improved White Sox. I mean, they they can Uh, make a run for it for sure. I'll say that. I I think the Red Sox, I think the Red Sox are going to have an underwhelming season. Honestly, I, I actually think they're going to be closer to 82, 81. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't, I'm not seeing any projections here that are like far off other than like the Rangers. I could see them winning four or five more games than, than what they have them here, but everything else seems that it would be within two or three games. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I like, I like this. This is, this is fantastic. I love that these projections are coming out. Let's, I, I want to run through the NL real quick because I think it's a lot. I think it's hilarious what the NL is. Um, the NL East, they have the Mets winning, um, 88 games and, uh, taking the NL East nationals behind them. The Braves at 83 wins, which is surprising in a sense. Um, and then the Phillies actually at 77 wins. That's, that's also surprising as well. That's a, that's a tough division right there too. You move to the, you move to the central, uh, you have, they have Cincinnati 
winning that with 86 wins. The Cubs right behind them at 85 wins. St. Louis down at 80 wins. And the Brewers down at 79 wins. Again, that's going to be a competitive division as well. You know, anything could happen. You could see, I could see the Brewers winning the division. And I could see anybody winning that division. Um, the fun fact, the fun, the fun thing we got going on here. And I, I think this is hilarious. The Dodgers in L West are projected for 103 wins. Is, I don't know. How, how close is that, do you think? <laughs> I, I think that's actually low-balling, dude. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like they're giving the rest of the division the benefit of the doubt. Well, no, they're not even giving the benefit of the doubt here, but they just didn't want to add like fuel to the fire. I think I think the Dodgers are going to win like 105, 106 games. Well, easy. Well, I mean, they have their projected um, playoff percentage right now at this moment is 99.9. So that's... <laughs> pretty crazy and then you go the Padres at 79 wins so I mean that's that's cringy I mean could could we possibly see I mean with the way that the NL is set up 120 win season this year I mean the Dodgers have the capabilities of rattling off wins like that which is hilarious I, I think okay, it's I think I'll it's tell great. you what I'll, I'll, I'll be the dude <laughs> my my hot take is that the Dodgers are gonna win 117 games this year they're gonna break that. the record that is fantastic. I love that prediction right there. That's I can see it happening too, and I know we're an Angels podcast, and I know we're talking about the NL here, but I can totally see that. Like it's it's great, you know. It's going to be a run at the end of the year. They're going to be at like a like a hundred wins in the last month, and everybody's going to be like, "Wow, they're winning so many games!" And then they're going to win. They're going to go on like a few winning series, and next thing you know, they're going to be at like one ten with like twelve games left, and uh, they're going to be like, "Wow, they might actually make a run for the." For the record, and then they're going to break it with 117. That's my prediction. 117, and what would the losses have to be? 45, something like that. That makes that's about 17 and that, that, 45. Yeah, I'm not great at math, but that seems that seems about right. That would be nuts. <laughs> that'd be insane. 117, that'd, 45. Oh that'd be fun. That'd, that'd be a fun season to have, I think. Um, and like I said, I like I asked before. You see any outliers here? You see anybody that's like, man, what are they doing right there with that? No, I don't see any outliers here. A couple things I want to know is I feel I feel bad for Arenado sitting at 77 wins with the Rockies down there. And uh, he was trying to get out of there, and they didn't let him. Um, other than that, another thing is it must be nice to be in the NL Central where you can win a division with 86 games. And I, I think that's a testament to how good it is, though. Like, everybody can beat everybody. Like, even the, even the Pirates – could possibly go out and beat some beat some teams next year. I mean, I don't yeah, think I they're mean, a great team. You can make that but argument, but are the Reds beating the Dodgers? Two, I, no, I don't think anybody. The Reds beating I mean, the Yankees. What, right now, when I'm looking at matchups, I mean, no, I don't think the Reds match up well against the Dodgers, and no, I don't think the Reds match up well against the Yankees. So, no, but that's why we play the season. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll make the case, and I've made the case for a while now that that you could you could take the like the top three to five best American League teams. And put them up against the best National League team, and it would be a series every time. So I, I've always said that, like you put the Yankees, the Rays, the Twins, Astros in a World Series against the Dodgers. Any any of those teams can compete against the Dodgers in a World Series. And then you put any of the other National League teams against those guys. The American League has the favor, in my opinion. That's that's the way I've seen. It. And obviously, the Nationals won last year. So, you know, it doesn't bode very well for my argument, but I'm just saying, I don't mean win, like they're not favorites, but I'm saying that the American League, in my opinion, is significantly more 
uh, deep with like competitiveness and depth of talent as far as playoffs go and, and records and talent that you could take the top anywhere, give or take like two to five top teams in the American League to compete against the best National League team, and it would be a good series. Oh, no, definitely, definitely. I, I think that, yeah, 100%. And I feel like it's been that way for a while, and I, it's going to change eventually here when the NL gets a DH because that's going to happen, and and the catch and, you know, catchers go away and hitters become, you know, more prevalent in the NL. It, it'll, it'll go away slowly but surely, but... You know, for, for now, yes, I, I think there is more talent in the AL, 100%. I, even with Mookie going over to the uh, Dodgers, I think there's more talent. But, you know, def- if I had to put money on whether the AL was going to win the World Series or NL was going to win the World Series, it, I like my odds in the AL just because there's more teams, though I think the best team in baseball is in the NL this year with the Dodgers. But, you know, again, that's why we play the, that's why we play the, play the season. You know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be very fun to be like, oh well, the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't see any outliers here either with this. You know, it, it's I'm excited for the season. Like I said, um, it's great to have these Pakota standings. And I'm going to ask you three questions. I I'm going to blindside you here because you have no idea what these three questions are. Obviously, oh brother, yep, I'm hitting you okay. with three questions. I actually hit Brent with these three questions, but the podcast technically is not out yet. I think Derek right now is, you know, messing around with it. Um, so three questions here for you. The first question, I think we've kind of answered how many wins do the angels have get this year? 90, 90. We're on 90. That, that's it right there. 90. I like that's, that. That's, that's my, you know what? For the last few years, I'm sure a lot of us have been saying, we just need a year where our pitchers stay healthy and everything goes right for us. And it never does. And you can make the argument that teams like the Yankees, where almost everything went wrong for them last year, they still won 90-plus games. So obviously we don't have the depth that the Yankees do. But uh, I have, I just have that feeling. And when you when you alter the lineup, it just purely just Anthony or adding Rendon to that lineup, you that's nuts to me. Because you keep Trout at that two spot, right? And with his massive like his super high on base percentage he's getting on base all the time walking all the time doubling all the time right and he's on base like more than 50 percent of the time well rendon comes up right he's like been the leading doubles hitter for the last three years combined right so you put trout at first he just gets a walk trout more likely depending on where the double sit he's scoring every time from a double so his runs are going to go up the production's going to go up and it's it's nuts when you look at the lineup. And I, I like I like Fletcher, Trout, Rendon, Otani, Upton. When you look at that one through five, that is that's bonkers. So I know our pitching is is questionable and all that, but I think if everything goes right to where we're not having major injuries in our pitching and they can at least hold you know hold water and, and hold their ground and and put in innings to. You know, if, even if they give up four runs a game, you know, up until the sixth inning and our bullpen could come in and, and maintain a, a one or two run from the sixth to the to the ninth, and you're looking at a five-run give up every game, I have confidence that our offense can score five to seven runs a game depending on who we're facing because that we're that good depth-wise on the lineup. So I look at it, and I, I just I feel confident about 90. Obviously, I would be happy with 88. I'd be happy with 92. If that would be my range is 88 to 92, 
but realistically in my head i'm thinking my dead set number is 90 all right all right i like that i like that question number two are the angels buyers or sellers at the trade deadline because remember technically last year they were buyers i mentioned this to Brent as well because i asked Brent the same question they bought max stassi technically if you want to get into it so Mm -hmm. are they buyers or sellers (sighs) or do they stay pet do they stand pet They've done you know, I think I think it's going to be this is kind of a hard question because you know how it is when it comes to you can only you can only truly answer this question when you see what opportunities are presented. So that's also going to depend on who else is buyers or sellers, because you can look at it in a way of I think I think I lean more towards buyers, but I also think, too that certain names that I would like to see us buy, you know, or trade for or whatever, they're also free agents at the end of the year, i.e. Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman. Um, I think there was another name that I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but there's a few guys out there that, that we had talked about trading for now that depending on where those teams stand at the trade deadline that we could potentially trade for. But you could also see that they might stand pat depending on where we are and try to sign those guys a free agency instead. So I'm not really too sure. I, like I said, it's going to depend because if the Reds are making a push, you know, especially they're projected right now to take the division. If they're making a push and it's a tight race at the deadline, they're probably not going to sell. Same thing with the Mets. They're making a push with uh, the Nationals too. Then they're, they're probably not going to want to sell Stroman either. So it, if I feel like if we do try to trade, then it's going to probably be from a team that isn't making a push. So it would be more of like a John Gray or a Boyd, like the names that have already been brought up to us before. But when we're actually making a push, our ownership will be more willing to make those trades at the deadline and we'll be getting half of a year less of control. So then we might be able to get away with uh, giving up less as well and uh, adding you know, a potential uh, two to three wins in the back half of the season with the, with the Boyd or gray, because the Rockies and the Tigers are obviously not going to be making a push at all. They'll be more willing to sell at the deadline. So I want, I want to say, yes, I'm leaning more towards buy who I don't know. And who from, I don't know just because it's so situational based off of who's making a push, who's not, who's wanting to buy, who's wanting to sell. It's so situational that I don't really have a solidified answer, but I'm leaning more towards buyers. Yeah. All right. All right. Last question. I don't know. Maybe this might be easy. How many home runs does Mike Trout hit last year? He hit 45 last year and missed 27 games. How many does he hit this year? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. See, I, I, I could honestly see that, obviously, Trout's such a such a purely good hitter that he's just going to go up there and he's just going to do what he does. And if it's a homer, it's a homer. But the way that I see this year laying out is he's going to go up there and he's, he's going to do everything he can to get on base. I don't think he's going to go up there. and Because when you look at our lineup last year, especially with Upton being injured, Otani's in the lineup here and there. We don't have that depth, really, that we have this year. I think he was more leaning towards, I need to score some runs. And, and you know, I'm not saying he went up there trying to hit a homer every time, but, but I'm also not saying that he went up there trying to hit a homer every time, <laughs> if that makes any sense. I think he was more in the mindset of, I need to be the production of this lineup. I think this year he's going to be more in the mindset of, I'm a contributor to this lineup. I know that he knows he's the best in the lineup, but I know that he knows that he has the support now that he'll feel comfortable getting a single or a double and getting hit in from whether it be Rendon, Otani, Upton, Simmons, Pujols, the you know four or five guys below him that have the have the opportunity to produce. So 
I think he will hit more because the mentality is going to be better. The production of our team overall is going to be better. So I think that he's going to hit 50. I'm, and I'm with you on I, that. I, also, I actually projected, I was talking to my buddy about it. I don't remember the exact number, but I said 50 for Trout. I said uh, 35 for Rendon and 30 for Otani. So that's 65 plus 50. So that's 115 homers between Rendon, Otani, and Trout. That's a that's a good season. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say yeah. at least that's that's a good season. You know, that doesn't even include the thirty that Upton's projected for. Yeah, I, this team's lineup is stupid. Like it's it's going to be a lot of fun this year. And we would have had thirty from Peterson, but yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. We already talked about this. Don't go off again. You know, all yeah, all I ask for is average pitching, this uh, average starting rotation, average bullpen, and the hitting will lead you there. I think. So, anything else you got here before we uh, we head off here, Brock? Uh, no, I don't. I, you know, listeners, sorry if uh, I went on a little too much of a tangent. I feel like some of you were kind of asking for it on Twitter, where you know you kind of wanted some some passion and some and some heat, and I, I feel like I brought that to the table tonight. Um, so I hope that you guys agree with me, and you're you're a little upset, but also you. Keep your mind open. I think that's the most important part. Is you know, obviously, I'm I'm pretty upset about it, but at the same time, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm telling you we're going to win 90 games. So you know, don't don't shoot down the organization. Just give us some time, see what happens, and and uh, you know, be upset. You have all the right to be upset. It's it's a it's a crappy situation and it sucks. But keep your mind open and just look forward and be excited that the season's starting and and let's move on. Let's move on together. Wise words from Brock Davis there, ladies and gentlemen. Brock, where can we find you at? I am I'm I'm super bad at this stuff. No, Brock, where where can we find uh, you at on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at B D R O X eight. That's my Twitter. And uh give me a follow. I I I've been trying to tweet more baseball stuff, but I'm still new to this podcast, so um, I think some of you are still kinda like, Who's this Brock Davis guy that followed <laughs> me? But you like listen to the podcast, but you don't even realize it's me. So, um, I'll try to tweet, you guys follow me and I get a little more of a following from this podcast. I'll try to tweet out some more stuff, some more hot take opinions, um, probably all across baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm really a baseball guy. That's why I joined this podcast in the first place. Obviously I'm a diehard angels fan wearing a sweatshirt right now, but I also, I, I tweet all about baseball. So if you want a little more than just the angels coverage on, on, on somebody's end, then I'm the guy to follow. Love it. Guys, you can find me at jared underscore tims you can find uh talking halos at talking halos uh Der- from you know we have derek and john as well you can follow those guys i'm not great at twitter handles again so go find those guys on twitter follow them and for this episode of talking halos we appreciate you guys listening if you're still listening uh you guys are great fans don't forget to go on and uh Give us a five-star review so you can be entered for the home opener tickets. You can boo Artie. You can boo the Astros. You can boo whoever you want. You can cheer for whoever you want. So for now, guys, you guys have a great day, and baseball season is here. See you, guys. The NBA is back. 
where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.